Hey, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. Um, what a great story, eh? And what a beautiful woman who read it for us. Hey, uh, as we continue our Whispers His Name series, these four lepers in a crisis. Hey, um, our greetings uh, to you and your family uh, at this time. Apologies regarding our in-person service. There's numbers of uh, people in our church and the wider church family who are currently ill with COVID or in isolation. And we just felt that it was prudent to be uh, cautious. Our, our thoughts and our prayers to you and your family uh, at this time. I guess we're all frustrated with the disruptions and uh, hopefully we'll soon be in a place where we better understand this phase of the disease better um, and you know certainly aware that for many it will make perfect sense to get together you know those have already recovered those who are really well protected by vaccines and what have you but for others you know I guess we come into a period where we just have to be super cautious about our gatherings and we'll continue to try and provide these uh, online resources uh, for you to continue to be uh, encouraged but we certainly ask you to be praying for our church family and for our wider community and I'm conscious uh, too that we're not just dealing with the sickness you know we're dealing with the disruptions and the fears that go with it my own daughter famously this week said you know COVID seems less scary now that it's in our household and uh, you know I guess we're just in a new phase aren't we we're learning to live with this thing hey back in uh, March 2020 as we were finishing our last church camp I began uh, to pray you know as COVID was kind of breaking over us and I asked the Lord that we would not lose a single new viner to this pandemic and that continues to be my prayer and a guide to my thinking so uh, I'm also praying that you know as we've sort of been living with this thing a little longer now that we can actually all be strengthened internally by the external difficulties that we're facing and uh, I think that's one of the paradoxes of faith yeah the external things that we deal with actually can build resilience and strength and faith internally for us so I encourage you to pray that prayer with me anyway how about we pray we're going to open up God's word uh, we've really heard the story if you're just joining us uh, I, I encourage you to go back listen to the kids story so beautifully uh, read for us it captures the captures the action uh, let's be encouraged and strengthened uh, and challenged by this story as it whispers the name of Jesus. Father God, we uh, do thank you for our time together. Lord, we do invite you uh, into this story, into this time, Lord, that you would give us uh, some clarity, Lord, about what we can learn from this ancient story that sort of resonates with different things that we're facing today. Lord, open your word to us, we pray uh, in Jesus' name. Yeah, what a great story. It's ancient, but it's resonating. And I am relying on the kids' story today which captured the, the guts of it. But um, I do encourage you, uh, if, you're just, if you're just jumping into this bit, perhaps uh, pause, the, you know, pause the tape um, and, and read uh, 2 Kings chapter 7, or at least the first half of it. Uh, it's in a wider context, and I'll also be giving you some other passages for homework. So um, let's see how we go. As I prepared for this sermon, I could immediately recognise a few familiar threads in this story. There are people infected with a mystery illness. A city in isolation, a city under siege, a broader crisis, war was looming, inflation was rampant, leaders having a meltdown, lives and livelihoods being lost, individuals making really poor decisions, a crisis of faith for some. Sound familiar? Um, I do encourage you to read the fuller text, 2 Kings chapter 6 and 7, um, but I'll, I'll highlight a few things uh, that stood out for me. When we read the text, of course, uh, it makes us realise that we are dealing with 
uh, societal problems right here and now that are pretty tame in comparison to what these people in history were going through, the disaster that they were facing. In summary, their city is on the brink. They're trapped by a superior army hiding behind their walls. This leads internally to murder and to mayhem, starving people doing desperate things. No hope of fighting their way out. What are the possible outcomes? For many, it's gonna be death. For some, it's gonna be rape. For others, it's going to be slavery, a loss of everything that they cherished. This is what they faced. And in the middle of this, uh, as we read chapter six, a godly prophet pointing them towards God, but many scoffing at those thoughts in their way. And step into the fray, four unlikely heroes, the lepers. You've heard me say recently that the mission of God is in the hands of ordinary people. The mission of God is in the hands of ordinary people like you and me in this generation. But in this case, the mission of, the God, mission of God is actually in the hands of people who used to be ordinary people, but now they're ordinary people inflicted with a debilitating disease. They're at the bottom of the stack the bottom of the human stack. Leprosy is virtually unknown in our society, society today, so it might be good for us to familiar ourselves with it a little bit. Uh, a category of different uh, horrible skin diseases. And in the Old Testament law, it outlined precautions that the society should take. Nature had taught them that these skin diseases were very contagious. And Leviticus 13 outlaws laws given from God to help protect them from this contagious and manage it in their society. Uh, their skin would break out on sores and when they did they were instructed in these laws. I encourage you to go and read them. They're, they're quite interesting reading. Uh, these sores, they were to go to the priests who acted uh, in like a modern day doctor to inspect these sores and usually that would mean that they had to go into isolation for seven days. They come back, they get another test. If the sores hadn't fulfilled certain healing requirements, then they went back into isolation. And if this repeated a number of times, they could become an ongoing case. Now, for those that had this ongoing case, it was pretty horrible. Uh, let me read for you uh, verse 45 of Leviticus 13. Now, the leper, this is from the KJV, the King James. I like, I like the way it puts it. It's interesting. Now, the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare and he shall cover his moustache and cry, unclean, unclean, and he shall be unclean all the days he has a sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So what are the instructions? Tear off his clothes, shave his head, some sort of form of face mask um, and a warning that he had to sound to all of those around. Unclean, unclean, calling this out, warning others to protect themselves. And, uh, and, and if the garments that uh, people were wearing continued to have these growths on them, get a load of uh, verse 57, I love this. But if it, that's the disease, appears again in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in anything made of leather, it's a spreading plague and you shall burn with fire that which is a plague. I like that. The warp or the wolf? Look, I'm not sure any of my garments have a warp or a, a, warp or a wolf, but uh, I guess we get the gist. You know, these ancient laws about burning the clothes, trying to get rid of the infection, protecting others from the sickness. But the, uh, another really important thing for us to understand in this context is that the disease 
disease of leprosy was often associated with sin. A well-known example of this would be Miriam, the sister of Moses, who's inflicted with leprosy from the Lord as a judgment. Another really good example would be in 2 Chronicles 26. And again, I encourage you as part of your reading uh, following this to, to look into that. 2 Chronicles 26. It's about King Uzziah. King Uzziah was classified as one of the good kings with a heart after God. He started really well and the scripture talks about a lot of good things uh, he did. But pride eventually got the better of them and he went into the temple the place of worship and tried to act in a way that should only be delegated to the priests and the priests confronted him with his sin here and he began to rage against them with his words and as he was raging against the priests who were confronting him with his sin leprosy broke out on his forehead of course he's shocked by that they're shocked by how they they scuttle him out of the temple uh, it's hard to hide isn't it a skin disease on your forehead and it says that that leprosy stayed with him until the day he died and even as the king he had to live separately and uh, verse 16 of 2 Chronicles 26 says this, But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. His pride led to his downfall. So leprosy uh, was seen as an outward symbol of an inward sin. And this is, for us to, this is helpful for us to think about, a, a whisper perhaps of how this story speaks into the greater themes of the Bible. Because we are all afflicted with an in inward disease, aren't we? We are all inflicted with a disease of self, a disease of ego, pride or sin, whatever you want to call this inward disease we have. Uh, this putting, trying to put ourselves on top of the human stack. And out of this inward disease, words come out of our mouth, overflowing out of our mouths, saying things that we shouldn't and our actions follow quickly behind. We have an inward disease that has an outward reality. Leprosies, an outward disease that pointed them towards an inward reality. In a, so in a sense, we are all lepers. And likewise, our malaise, our sickness, our selfishness can be contagious to others. We pass on our poor behaviours. We pass on our poor attitudes to our kids and to others. We contribute to the torment or suffering of others instead of being part of the solution. And all too often, I'm part of the problem. Leprosy lives here, so to speak. But let us come back to the four leopards in our story. Theirs is a bleak future. In some ways, their leprosy allows the people around them to judge them and to rationalise that they were only getting what they deserved because of some hidden sin. And paradoxically, when we judge other people like this, our judgment actually says more about us, the judger, than it says about the one that we are judging. It reveals the pride in us that we would judge others. These lepers are Israelites, but that's a little bit meaningless, isn't it, when you're an outcast um, thrown outside the city wall, outside the camp. What's the whisper here? They carry this external sickness, a sickness biblically aligned with pride. And we all carry an internal sickness from which we need rescuing. But in our story, this external sickness brings about a very unusual advantage for them. They step out and act with a sense that they've got nothing to lose. In a sense, they were dead men walking. They said, we're going to die anyway. Let's take a chance. Now, this is a bit of a weird story, but back in the 1970s, when I was a child, 
my dad came to me one day when we were, after we'd been watching the news and he said, AJ, a dead man is a dangerous man. And I went, what? <laughs> a dead man is a dangerous man. Now, this was back in the time when uh, terrorists first began hijacking aeroplanes and doing terrible things, political things or, or things of just pure terror. And, uh, and so these terrorist takeovers of planes was on our televisions and it was horrifying. Uh, they, and my dad explained to me what he meant. He said those guys go on to the planes with this expectation that they're going to die. And so because in their hearts they're prepared to make those risks, they become very dangerous. A dead man is a dangerous man. Well, I know that's a bit of an upside down illustration, but I hope you get the point. When we feel like we have nothing to lose and we become willing to act in a way that can be very advantageous to ourselves and to those others. We hear, don't we, in sport, you know, people saying, you've got to leave it all on the field. That's 110% commitment. Now, I know when people say those things, all the mathematicians go, that's a ridiculous statement. But you get the idea when we can commit fully to something. I remember years ago reading a study done with octogenarians talking about their life and reflecting on their life. And one of the absolutely clear pieces of wisdom that came from getting older people to reflect on a long life, most of them near the end of their life reflected that they wished they had taken more risks during their life. Living like someone who had nothing to lose. Living more like someone who had nothing to lose. And that's what was true for these lepers, wasn't it, in our story. Um, their sense of having nothing to lose gave them the gumption to act. And I think there's a whisper here about what it takes for us to act in faith before God. Let's remind ourselves, though, that the real hero in this story, who is the real hero in this story? Sure, the lepers acted, but God is the real hero. He's the one who does the mighty and miraculous thing. He's the one who battles the surrounding army in his own way. He doesn't just battle them, but he battles them in a sustained and supernatural way. And if you read that text, uh, chasing that this, this uh, supernatural event, chased them off for miles and miles and miles and defeated them. And God is the same today. Uh, he does this in our own lives as well. As we stand in him, he brings us through the things that we are going through. As the story moves forward, these leprous guys come into the empty enemy camp and they're initially overwhelmed with the plenty and the feast that is sitting there before them. And that uh, surely reminded me of the joy of my salvation, the revelation of God's love and forgiveness that came into my life. You know, maybe you can relate to that as well. When you first grabbed a hold of what God meant, you know, what he'd done for you, just this overwhelming celebration um, when our eyes are first opened to the wonder of God and his care for us. But as their evening continued, uh, these guys begin to see that there's much more to this than just them, much more to this than just their salvation. The rescue story is much bigger than just them. And so one of them poses this question, what we're doing is not right. The lepers were also to be the good news tellers. And they personally experienced the fruit of the victory that God had given, but they were also uh, responsible now to tell everyone else about it. And again, I hear 
beautiful whispers here of the life of Jesus. The way that God breaks into our life and his desire that we would tell others of what he has done. And of course, Jesus is our rescuer. He's the invisible one that puts the very army encamped around our lives to flight. And so we, of course, get to experience the provision that he brings into our lives, the love and the joy and the peace and the purpose. We, like lepers, our first instinct is to grab everything that he has, maybe to hoard it and hide it. Did you, you, know, did you pick up on the story how they tried to get the treasures and hide it? But Jesus said, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will give you living water and you will never be thirsty again. My words are the daily bread that you need to sustain you. You know, he's going to be there for us tomorrow and the day after. So after their moments of madness, with all the treasures and the feasting, the lepers realise that they need to pass on this blessing. And in doing so, they're probably going to extend to others back in the city uh, a goodness that had not been afforded to them. Um, you know, we all have this residue of God's created goodness in us, don't we? All the people that we bump into uh, in our broader life, we've all got this greater goodness that uh, God is already at work. But these lepers tap into this and they find this grace, this generosity. Let's just stop and think just a little bit further about the lives of the lepers. You know, again, I'm making a few guesses, but what life had they likely experienced? Because of their sickness, they failed their PCR test. They go into isolation. They fail it again. They're outcast. They have to become beggars. They have to call out unclean, unclean. It's humiliating. Um, and they're outcast, but by being outcast, they're sort of thrust into a new community of other people who are suffering as they are. And this community surely becomes their family, their co-survivors. They, they do have a family back in the city or back in the village somewhere else, but um, you know, somewhere in the wider family. They're loved family, but they're now isolated from them, and they're probably being disowned by their family because of their illness and the shame that carried with it. Can these beggars rejected like this with their life's experience find it in their heart to go and tell? Well, of course, the story is beautiful because yes, they could. They de describe this is a day of celebration for everyone. They realised they could jealously guard what they had or they could generously give what they had. And this is a choice that we face every day, isn't it? With our time, with our treasure, with our talents, are we going to jealously guard it or are we going to generously give it? There's so much more to this story. Uh, I encourage you to go and read it. You'll read of the horrors of cannibalism. You'll read the prophetic challenge for people to maintain their faith, even in the face of death. We even read of an evil antagonist who ultimately gets his comeuppance. And so I do encourage you to read Leviticus 13 to get the background of those laws in more detail. The story of King Uzziah and the pride that was expressed in his um, uh, in his leprosy in 2 Chronicles 26 and this story in 2 Kings 6 and 7. We don't actually know what happened to these lepers. I guess they still remained lepers. They didn't have a, a, a healing for this disease, but I su suspect that they became much more honoured and assisted by their community after their event. Anyway, let's just land a few thoughts. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm aware that this is our first get-together, um, albeit online, for 2022. Um, in a sense, we are all sick. Um, 
And it has been said that Christianity is simply one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. It's usually attributed to a Sri Lankan leader, an evangelist called D.T. Niles, um, but it resonated far and wide um, and is quoted by many. So whether he was the first one to say it, we're not, we're not quite sure. But let's just think on that for a moment. I'm just a beggar trying to tell another beggar where to find food. We don't remain a beggar, do we, when Jesus comes into our lives. He begins to give us that daily bread, daily feed us. So as we roll into this 2022, um, I wonder if God could be effective in two ways in our lives in 2022. Uh, The first one that I thought of that I think is really helpful, it's something that I've discovered in my own life, that as I become better at owning my weakness my life in Christ becomes stronger and better. If I become better at owning my weakness, there's a humility there that's uh, helpful to me in my decision-making. It's helpful to others in, in what I can share with them. So two ways. First, can we become better in owning our weaknesses? But secondly, can we become better in sharing his strengthnesses, owning my weaknesses, sharing his strengthnesses. Now, I know I'm doing your head in for all of those who love words. Mathematicians are fine with this, but weaknesses and strengthnesses 2022. Being able to be people who can talk about our temptations and our failures actually disempowers those things over our lives. Having the attitude, I can't do this without him. I know what happens if I don't involve God in this. Gives, uh, disempowers the weaknesses in our lives and, and gives us a story to tell that's really compelling and helpful for others. But also being able to uh, in, uh, allow God to help us to tell his rescue plan to others. So being able to share his strengthnesses with others. This is what he's done. He's chased the Arameans away, if you like. He's sent Jesus that uh, our lives can be changed and be completely different. This is what he's done for me. This is what he's done through Jesus, allowing God to teach us how to share those strengths uh, with others. I think uh, 2022 will be a great year if each one of us can develop um, our ability to be able to share our own weaknesses and own those things and if we're able to better share uh, God's strength with others and and like um, like those lepers, be ones who can tell this good news story. So every story whispers his name. I hope there's been some stuff in there for you. How about, would, could I encourage you to pray with me for those two things, that, uh, that in, in Christ we would have power over our temptations and our weaknesses, and by God's grace, he would allow us to be uh, those ordinary people uh, that he works his mission out through, that he would use us this year to uh, speak words of life to people and to act in a way that points to him. Would you pray with me as we finish up? Father God, we do thank you for this year that uh, is, is set out in front of us. Lord, let 2022 be a great year. Lord, as we think about these two things, we think of these very weak people who put themselves in a position where they acted uh, in faith, they acted in courage. Lord, uh, very, very ordinary people who stepped out. 
Lord, we, we thank you for the weaknesses that are in our lives. Lord, we thank you for those difficulties and those temptations that come upon us. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that your spirit would just teach us how to let those things chase us back to you and find our strength in our places of weakness. But Lord, we also ask that a, a, a zeal, a passion would come upon us to be able to share your good news with others, to fearlessly be able to speak up at those times, Lord, where the opportunity is there for us to share the hope that you have placed in our heart. Lord, we ask for those two things in 2022. Lord, we thank you for the year that does uh, set out before us. Lord, walk with us, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.